we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie! Hello! How's it going? Oh, it is going really well. Yeah. Beautiful day, the gales of wind have settled down. (laughs) All of our trees survived, what can I say? (laughs) I know, ours too, I'm very impressed. We had super, super high winds the last few days, like 70 mile an hour gusts. Yeah. We had closed freeways and, you know, it's really common this time of year. Mm-hmm. I think it's the way nature dries us out after the wet winter. <laughs> but it can be crazy. We can lose big mm-hmm. limbs and lose power and, mm-hmm. you know, a, a semi sort of blew over and flipped over on the freeway a few days ago. And yeah. it can be really crazy. And, uh, I'm glad it's over. I hope we don't have any more. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's been not good. Mm-hmm. It's just so disruptive. Wind mm-hmm. like that, like just to my spirit, you know, it just mm-hmm. feels I can't handle the it. The energy of wind is weird. Yeah, it is. It's really it's intense. Weird. Yeah. Well, the wind has settled down, so we are thrilled. Yeah, very thrilled. Very yeah. So. Well, let's get right into today's show yeah. because we have quite a story for you. Yeah, we do. This story is local to us and we really want to see some actual justice done in this case rather than what's currently happening. And so that's why we're going to share it with you and we're going to continue to update it. Mm -hmm. So this first and foremost is the story of the death of Deputy Wyatt Christopher Mazur. Deputy Mazur uh, so Bonneville County Police Deputy, Bonneville County Sheriff's Office. And he responded. No, I'm sorry. Another officer responded first. At 5.18 a.m. on May 18th of 2020. To the Bone Road. Now. That name should give you a pretty good idea of where they were. Mm-hmm. This was way out in the county, uh, Bonneville County. This is where I live. This is outside the city. And the Bone Road is super duper rural. There are no street lights. 
there are barely even any, uh, you know, they're like farm farms. Yeah. So there aren't a lot of houses at 518 in the morning. It is so dark out there. Oh, yeah. So desolate. very dark. And you're yeah. a long ways, many miles from town and help and everything. You're mm-hmm. way out in the middle of nowhere. On the mm-hmm. So there is a, a 911 call made by a neighbor that lives in the area who was headed into work early in the morning and found um, a woman. Well, first of all, they, there was a car um, on its side on the bone road. Then um, there was a woman walking down the center of the road holding a machete. Uh-huh. And she was holding the machete against her body with the tip sort of under her chin. Her name is Jenna Holm. So this neighbor calls 911 and says, you know, something's going on out here. Yeah. So first to arrive is Deputy Botcher. Of course, he, you know, arrives to this area that is just pitch dark. He comes upon Jenna Holm. She's walking down the center of the road, holding the machete to with the tip sort of under her chin. Mm-hmm. He told her to put down her weapon. You had to remember, she's alone in the dark with no one but this police officer. And has been in a car accident. Has been in a car accident. Yeah. So Jenna doesn't put down the machete. Jenna sort of starts running down the road with the machete. We find out later Jenna has a long history of mental health issues and some substance abuse issues. She's now been in a car accident. She's obviously traumatized and scared. And this police officer is following her. Say that again. And disoriented. Yeah, clearly disoriented. Not sure what's going on here, you know. So Deputy Botcher just keeps following her, telling her to put the road, put the machete down. So at 5.28 a.m., Deputy Mazur arrives. Doesn't have his blue emergency red and blue lights on, just his headlights. So, you know, if a car pulled up on you in the dark, that didn't have its emergency lights on. Would you know that was a police officer? No. Yeah, I me either. So anyway, um, he gets out of his car. And at that point, Deputy Botcher yells to Mazer to look out because Holmes has a machete. So Mazer steps out of his patrol car. And so... Jenna sort of raises the machete over her head because, again, no blue and red lights, guys. She doesn't yeah. even know this is a cop. No. So at this point, they consider to have her to have committed the crime of aggravated assault by holding a machete over her head in front of a police officer. At this point, Deputy Mazur drew his weapon and told Jenna to stop. She backed up away from him. Again, no one ever got hit with a machete. Let's be clear about that. Right. So she continues to refuse to comply with dropping the machete. Now someone's pointing a gun at her. I mean, again, like there's just no consideration at all for 
whatever this woman has been through, why is she out here like this, right? Right. What's going on for her right now? Yeah. yeah. So, as Mazer holds his gun on Jenna, Botcher pulls out his taser. So, she kind of gets scared at this point. She runs forward. There's a truck sitting there. This is the person who called 911. She runs to the truck bed and she hits the truck bed with the machete. Again, <laughs> nobody got hurt, right? And Botcher's got a taser pointed at her and Mazer's got a gun pointed at her. So at this point, Mazer tells Holm to stop and he yells at Botcher to tase her. So Botcher tases her and she collapses in the center of the road. So then Mazer runs up to her with gun pointed in order to take her into custody. As he steps into the middle of the road, what he did not see was Sergeant Randy Flegel coming up in his patrol car, driving up to the scene at 53 miles an hour. Now, that was verified by law enforcement. Yeah. Which, can you imagine flying up the bone road and seeing a bunch of headlights and not sure what's going on and you continue to drive at 53 miles an hour? You're going to go tearing through the crime scene at 53 miles an hour? Right. Again, no lights on. No emergency lights on. Nothing. No emergency lights on. Only headlights. So, Flegel hits Mazer with his car and kills him. He dies at the scene. You know, in spite of all of the, you know, attempts by the police that are there. And then when um, Idaho Falls Fire Department ambulance shows up, you know, they're all trying to perform life-saving measures on him. But he dies at the scene before he's transported to the hospital. Yeah. So, according to the Idaho State Police, based on Jenna Holmes' actions, you know, laying there in the road tased when he was hit by the car, they've determined that she committed involuntary manslaughter when Mazer was struck and killed while trying to detain her and make a safe situation for her. So she was taken to the Bonneville County Jail. And she was on probation at the time for some other felonies. So they held her on a probation violation until trying to decide what to charge her with. Yeah. So one officer kills another officer by driving way too fast up to a crime scene in the dark. While Jenna Holm is laying on the ground, tased. Yeah, incapacitated. Incapacitated. And they consider that to be justification for charging her with involuntary manslaughter. It's just freaking unbelievable to me. It is unbelievable. It is absolutely unbelievable. I'm going to show you Jenna Holm. And I'm going to show you Deputy Mazur because they these are the people who are the victims in this situation. Uh, Yeah. So ISP, Idaho State Police, they bring in an investigator to investigate this situation. Let me tell you that legal, I would give you a picture of them if I could find one, but there isn't one out there. There's hardly anything named 
very little out there named on him at all. Yeah. Except that the preliminary hearing for Jenna, there was a question by her defense attorney wanting to know when they investigated this crime, who did they investigate as the potential perpetrators of this crime? You know who they investigated? Jen Hall. Yeah. You know who was never even considered as a perpetrator of this crime? Yeah, the driver of the car. Yeah. Yeah, the driver of the freaking car has never even been considered a perpetrator in the death of Christopher Mazur. Yeah. Just let that sink in a minute, you guys. This is the kind of bullshit we're seeing in Idaho right now. And that's why we want to talk about this, because Mm -hmm. there is a huge miscarriage of justice happening here. Yeah. And for the sake of Deputy Mazur and for the very real human being, Jenna Holm, who was obviously having a crisis, we have to ask, what is going on? Yeah. With Bonneville County. Let me tell you what I do know. For the safety of the constituents, I mean, of of all of the residents of this county, because apparently this kind of stuff is okay. We, this kind of reckless behavior from sheriff's deputies is just fine. Right. So Deputy Flegel, during the investigation, it wasn't even an investigation into him, it turns out at all. Yeah. Was on paid leave. He has now returned to active duty, but he's on desk duty. That is his consequence for killing Christopher Mazur. While Jenna Holm sits in the Bonneville County Jail awaiting trial on this case. One of the things I keep reading, they keep saying, is that she's at least partially responsible for his death. Oh, really? Well, who's responsible for the other part of his death? Right. The guy that's never been charged? The guy that's been completely hidden from the media? A guy who's never even been investigated? Yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah, that makes tons of sense, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Um, I'm working with a group right now that are looking to help to try to support Jenna. In whatever ways that we can. A couple of things to know about Jenna. Jenna is 35. Jenna is a hairdresser and a mother. And Jenna is um, a Native American. She's Shoshone. And here's the thing. Jenna has had mental health problems and problems with the law all of her life. Yeah. But does that mean that she just gets to take the blame for this? While she's laying on the ground tased? That one officer kills another? Yeah. This is wrong, you guys. No, it's extremely wrong. It's I have to ask you. Yes. I have to ask you a question, Katie. If Jenna Holm was a white girl, do you think that this would have gone the same way? Yeah. No. And I do think that once this makes its way through the courts, that uh, it's not going to go anywhere. But in the meantime, they're going to hold her in jail for a good long time, as long as they can. Well, I mean, she's made it through a preliminary hearing and has been held over for trial. Yeah. It's insane what is happening here. Yeah. 
Her bond is $100,000. She's been unable to pay it. She has been sitting in jail for since this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just the, the justification for charging her is completely ridiculous. Completely. Completely. This is the same police department that just six weeks ago or so shot and killed a homeowner, mistaking him for a suspect they were searching for. Right. Now, well, that was Idaho Falls City. This That's is Bonneville right. County. That's but yes, County. we've actually had a frightening number mm-hmm. of um, deaths caused by police officers in our area recently. And it's, you yeah. know, if you live in a big place, you're probably pretty used to that. We're not yeah. at all. That is not a regular thing yeah. in any way. Yeah. I'm going to include in this show description a link to the Facebook group for Jenna. Some of us are working to raise some money to try to help her in whatever way that we can. Mm-hmm. Because there are really big concerns here that she is taking the heat for something that a police officer did yeah. that she had no control over and is basically being scapegoated. Oh, entirely. I would be interested to know exactly how many protocols were broken that morning. Because it, the police were not identified correctly. They didn't have their lights on. They were obviously not controlling traffic. Her car was in the road. There were Their cars were in the road. And then we have this school that comes burning through there at 50 plus miles an hour. You know, I mean, what is this? He's Jesse James riding in on his horse. I mean, yeah, sure feels exactly like what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. This is not okay. No, this is not okay. And we have to hold our police officers accountable. Yeah. If they aren't accountable for their actions, how do they protect us as citizens? Honestly. Yeah. You know? And yeah, this was a horrendous accident. It was an incredibly sad and terrible thing for Christopher Mazur's family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, losing a police officer is a huge deal. And losing him, you know, he just stepped out in the road trying to do his job. Yeah. It was a terrible, terrible thing. But to scapegoat the person who was in crisis at the time that this was happening and in need of help and clearly struggling and clearly feeling unsafe. Yeah. Now we're scapegoating her. I mean, before they even took her to the police department or to jail, they took her to the hospital. They did. I mean, obviously she was in need of hospitalization. Right. She was given a sedative at the hospital. And then, and I'm not even going to show these pictures because they're terrible. There are these pictures of her. They're her mugshots after this happened. And she can barely keep her eyes open. She just looks crazed. Well, it turns out that she had been given a sedative shot at the hospital before they took her to take those photos. And then those photos were released all over the news. And it just made her look. It made her look guilty of something. Yeah, is what it entirely. Did. Yep. I remember seeing the pictures when this first happened, and I was stunned by these pictures. And then I discovered, in learning more about this, yeah. why she looked the way that she did. Yeah. 
But, you know, we cannot let people forget that she is a real human being. Yeah. And that she was in crisis in that moment. And that she didn't have any control whatsoever over what the police officers chose to do or not do. Right. To her or to each other or to the, the scene. Nothing. Yeah. She had no control in this situation at all and had literally been tased and was laying on the ground when he was hit and killed. Yeah. There, um, a local law professor uh, talked to the newspaper recently, well, not recently, right after it happened, about how, how he didn't really think this would be able to stand up because yeah. she didn't actually participate in his death. Right. And, you know, what he said is that had she been, you know, swinging that machete at him and he'd stepped out into the road and been hit by the other officer, that would have been the kind of thing that she, you know, could have been charged for. Mm -hmm. She was laying on the ground tased when that happened. They're trying to say that the entire event is her fault. Yeah. Because she had a crisis. Now, that's a scary thing to me. Right, because because she wrecked her car. No. She wrecked her car. So what kind of a precedent does a case like this set when emergency responders from whatever capacity show up to the scene of an accident or an unfolding crime or whatever, and they are injured? I mean, are we no longer safe to call EMS? Right. You know, I mean, the kind of precedent this could set is pretty freaking scary. Well, it is. I mean, does that mean that if something bad happens, if the ambulance driver wrecks on the way to the scene of whatever our accident, that it's our fault that we participated? Because yeah. we called 911. Here's the thing. Jenna Holm didn't call 911. Someone no. else did. Yeah. Yeah. This is a precedent that cannot be set. No. This is a vulnerable woman who has had a lot of challenges in her life. And I 100% believe that that is why she is being blamed in this situation. Oh, you bet. If she had more support and a slightly different skin color, this would have never happened here. No way in hell. Nope. Nope. Also, if she didn't already have a criminal record or a problem with substances or a mental health issue. Yep. Which just makes her more vulnerable and made her much more vulnerable in that moment. And I've been out on that bone road at night. And you know what? If I wrecked my car and I was alone and I had a machete, I would probably be carrying it because it is very scary out there. Yeah. It is pitch black. Mm -hmm. There is nowhere to go to find some kind of a public location for miles. Yeah. And miles on that road. And what, you're going to walk up to some farmhouse? You don't know who you're walking up on, you know? Right. No. No. I I think that her trauma and the situation that she was in has been completely ignored in this situation. Completely ignored. Absolutely. Well, and there's a lot we don't know about her condition. Right. You know, we learned this uh, with a friend of ours that was in an accident and then was incarcerated. She was hurt. She yeah. had a serious head injury and did not receive any medical care. Yeah. 
And it really makes me wonder with Jenna, what injuries did she have yeah. that were went completely untreated? Exactly. You know, what uh, did she have a concussion? What kind of head injury could she have had? I mean, I'm sure that they're going to fall back on other things, but you know, she had obviously just been through a serious trauma. Her car was on its side. Yeah, her car was on its side. I mean, that's none a of that serious ever gets covered. I'll tell you that none of that, only in the very in the initial news story, is mm-hmm. anything discussed about mm-hmm. her ex. And then it all is all about how Christopher Mazur's death is all her fault. Yeah. Because that is the only narrative that is coming out of the police department. Yeah. And from what I have read, our local news, um, East Idaho News particularly, which is who we, you know, we use quite frequently for our sources, has tried to get more information about what's happened with Flegel. What's going on with him? Yeah. Where is the investigation into him? You know, where is the information... A little yeah. bit came out at her preliminary hearing about, for example, his speed. That they yeah. know for a fact that he was going 53 miles an hour mm-hmm. when he hit Deputy Mazur. Yeah. But they're not sharing anything. Nothing is being released. It's all about her. Yeah. She's being scapegoated in this situation. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. wrong. It's wrong on every level. Yeah. Yeah, entirely. Entirely, and we're going to have to keep our finger on this and keep being a part of the solution and making noise because this mm-hmm. is outrageous. We will definitely. Um, so please see the description of the show, whether you're watching it on YouTube or you're, or you're listening to it on a podcast. Mm-hmm. We have included the link to the Facebook group that is currently working to assist Jenna. There's been some attempt to try to hire a better attorney for her because she does have she does have two public defenders, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, you know, but there are questions about if this public defenders do, you know, work for the state. And there's questions here about if the county and the Idaho State Police are trying to smooth this situation over by blaming her rather than Deputy Flegel, it is a little bit of a scary thing. Make you wonder, you know, are these yeah. um, public defenders? going to be enough for her yeah so there is some work being done to fundraise for her as well as other things as well so we will share that link and we will continue to update you on this case as more comes to light absolutely yep yeah thanks well guys we did this case in lieu of our mmiw case this week because jenna is in fact native And although um, she is not a missing and murdered woman, she is certainly a woman facing some injustice from our criminal justice system. So we felt like it would be appropriate to to cover her case. Absolutely. Yep. Well, you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower. 
and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.